And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Road to WrestleMania. We're on it. We're on the road. Traveling down the road. What, what do you think of the road? What's going on? DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. I, I, I thought there was going to be an opus. I got to tell you, Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I realized that the song I wanted to use was long enough to get me through maybe like five WrestleManias if I rushed it. So I either need to literally double the length of the song, which seems cheating, or this is no longer going to be a trilogy. We're now talking four songs possibly more so i plan on having the next edition as a random piece of wrestling heading into uh dc and doc talk this weekend uh but i will freely admit that while i think it is ready to be recorded it did not get recorded i see so i i apologize to to chris hawk and all the members of the neighborhood who were counting on me I let you down a little bit uh, in not having it. I could try to find the music and record it live if that's really what people would well, like to do. That sounds to me like a DC and Doc Talk episode. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. We do have an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, perhaps our most famous emailer ever. Um, has sent us a topic specifically for DC and Doc Talk. So we'll have is that to... Miroslav? That is not Miroslav. Though, while you're on the subject, uh, we might as well read Miroslav's email because um, I'm not sure what to make of it. Is this the second time that Miroslav has emailed us? I don't believe so. I think this is the first. But I, I want to know your take on it because... It doesn't strike me as a well, typical... you had mentioned this email on the last episode of DC and Doc Talk. We didn't read it there, but that was four days ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess th this email came in. This is the same one you were referring to back then. Well, I'll read it, I suppose. Hello. My name is Miroslav. I wanted to thank you for the good and the quality of the program. I'm with my family always. Listen to you with great pleasure. I would very much like to receive your gifts with your logo. It would be the most expensive things for me. Is this possible? I wish you happiness and prosperity. Your fan, my address, I guess I won't read that, but suffice to say, it ends with Ukraine, and then... Signed, Miroslav Kaban. Now, I'm pretty sure that Rusev's first name is actually Miroslav. I'm going to guess this is not him. It would be great I'm, if it was. I would I would send him... It would not need to be the most expensive things he's ever... Whatever he said in there. I would give him... If Rusev wanted a DDT Wrestling t-shirt, I would give him one for free. I would buy it for him. So... If you're listening to this, Miroslav, and you are, in fact, Rusev, first of all, I am impressed with how your oral language skills far exceed your written language skills. Uh, and second of all, give us some way of knowing that it's really and truly you, and I will send you, um, I'm assuming this is an address, though. Uh, so here's the thing. This appears to be an address, and again, it appears to be in Ukraine correct yeah so if i head on over and check out our listener location statistics from the podcast uh you know a good number of folks listen to us from the united states 
There's a fairly high percentage from the United Kingdom. And then we have lesser amounts from Japan and Germany. And then we have, you know, vanishing amounts from France, Australia, the Netherlands, Italy, Hong Kong, Spain, Canada, the Philippines, Brazil, Oman, Poland, Austria, Malaysia, Sweden, Czech Republic, and Ireland. But I'm not seeing any Ukrainian listeners. Maybe he listens to our NAI network stuff, and we don't have the statistics for that. So perhaps we need to ask Jason Maltov and Bill Neville over there at New Age Insiders, um, can you let us know if you get any listeners from Ukraine? Yeah, absolutely. Because again, like I understand, you know, part of me is it would be an incredibly expensive proposition to get a shirt sent to another country. You know, uh, Mrs. Matthews uh, is the owner of a small business and she has had to do some international shipping and it is not cheap um, to, to do some of those things. But, you know, I want to make sure this is on the up and up because originally this screamed Nigerian prince sort of thing. But, you know, we do have things with our logo. He doesn't mention wrestling at all. So I suppose I shouldn't be reading too much into this. You're looking at me with that. If you if I was sitting next to you, you would give me that condescending pat on the head. You would have earned it. What can I tell you? I want to have international fans who send us emails about this. Well, we have international fans. We've had nine listens from the Arabian Peninsula. That is pretty impressive. Right? I personally have never been to the Arabian Peninsula. Have you? No. Nor do I have any plans to visit their fine country. I know this is turning into an episode of DC and Doc Talk, because part of me thinks now that we have a podcast that is absolutely not devoted to wrestling, we should make sure this podcast is primarily devoted to wrestling. But I also am getting the distinct impression, and forgive me, wrestling fans, forgive me, neighborhood, that you and I are enjoying these conversations more than we're enjoying the ones that have to do with wrestling. Oh, um, I don't know. Have you left the continental United States? Have you traveled outside of North America even? I'll assume you've been to Canada. I have been to Canada. Have you uh, traveled to another continent? No. No, I have not. Does the idea of transcontinental travel appeal to you in any way? No. No, it does not. Want to expand on that or just leave it very xenophobic? Uh, well, I think I'm only going to bury myself deeper because, honestly, I think it all lies in a deep-seated xenophobia, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's not so much that I fear other cultures. I'm not afraid, necessarily. Um, but, you know, I am well aware that as Americans, our nationality precedes us. And I'll be perfectly honest, you know, there are those stereotypes of stupid Americans not knowing their geography and the cultures of other lands. And I'll be quite honest, um, there, as in most cases, are grains of truth to most stereotypes. And I guess I would be guilty of some of those. Uh, and I mean... I, there's just something not appealing to me about going to a country or a land where the majority of people I'm going to have difficulty communicating with. Um, I won't say that I'm afraid of it. It just doesn't appeal to me. Well, let me ask you this then. Let's say that the great members of NAI UK, Glenn the Pav, um, Martin, Brian Bradshaw, all of these people. Let's say that we are, what, what if you had friends or people that you were familiar with who were from that area and would serve as a guide and sort of cultural attache so that you would not feel 
like the stupid American, because I totally understand. I have been once. I spent two weeks in France and Belgium and the Netherlands on a school trip after graduating from high school. Um, And I have not been back since. And part of it is, you know, I get stressed in situations where I feel uncomfortable and not the DC Matthews level of uncomfortable. I'm talking like, you know, stranger in a strange land uncomfortable. So it it does not hold a whole lot of appeal to me um, to do great international travel. But I would uh, if I were a little if I were traveling with people who were more familiar with the area. I mean. Let's be honest, DC. At this point in your life, I can't even convince you to go to Brooklyn for Takeover and SummerSlam this year. So you can't convince me to drive the fifteen minutes to your house to watch a pay per view on a Sunday night. Correct. So, so I, I am Herman and his hermits. So, yeah. so all right. But regardless, I don't. Oh, Miroslav got us on this topic. Um. I would just like to point out that Mrs. Manson has texted me, and it is relevant to the conversation at hand. Uh, and quote, just tell him it's spam and not to be a sucker. End quote. Does she sit outside the door? I have like, no literally, idea. Is she on the floor in the hallway with Oscar, like just listening to half the conversation? And I don't think to... so. Okay. I don't think so. Are you that loud? Like, you have a fairly uh, spacious... Manson Manor is a spacious place. I mean, I guess there could be reverberations through the walls. I do have uh, a projection-type voice, I guess. I don't know what the right term for that would be. That would be I, a, I project. A voice, that would be a voice that has had, whether formal or informal, a theater background. I suppose. I mean, you the have door a voice that... is closed... You have a voice that will travel to the back of the house to use. And I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about a theater house. Both of us, you know, we have in our classrooms an FM system so that if you have students with hearing difficulties, you can make yourself heard. And it also doesn't require you to shout so much. But I'm so used to talking in the manner of which I do. I never use the microphone unless legally required to. Right, right. Well, uh, don't be a sucker, okay, DC? All right, so, Miroslav, this is not, this is not on the up and up. Well, that's unfortunate. I had high hopes. Oh, well. Um, I had high hopes for Bray Wyatt's promo, or Bray Wyatt's return, and while I can't say I am completely disappointed with what happened with Bray Wyatt on SmackDown Live, I also can't say I'm totally thrilled with it either. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, there's the important question here. Scale of 1 to 10. Where would you place my promo in terms of being almost... Yeah, in terms of accuracy. 7. You are a solid 7. I would have to go back and listen to it again. Um, But you did have... Some many of the same beats were there, so you know. I think what this means is you have a future writing for WWE. Ooh, if only I had a father who was the GM formerly who could not practice nepotism and get me a job there. There you go. If only, if only. Um, I liked. I would have been happier, you know, I was, and then again, I was about a, you know, a six or a seven of my satisfaction with that uh, performance. Um, I would have been happier if it was just a shot of him staring at Randy Orton and like it could pan out so you could see that he was obviously kneeling in the burned down ashes of the cabin. But he, I, I would have liked it if he hadn't said a word, because what do you know about Bray Wyatt? He talks. And again, this needed to be, I felt, a significant character shift to add depth. And it would have been great if he did not speak until WrestleMania. But, I mean, we got a serious inflection point for his character, DC. Bray Wyatt has eaten the soul of Sister Abigail. Now things are going to be completely different. I don't know what that means. And, And again, I enjoyed the visual 
as slightly awkward as it was, of him taking the dirt or the ashes and spreading them on his skin. Part of me did appreciate that. However, I still don't understand what that's going to do. Was there any part of you that watched that promo and thought that... Yes. Yes. I won't finish my sentence then. <laughs> yes. It looked Thank you for it. not making me finish that sentence. Awkward. There was part of it that was awkward. But, at the same time, they didn't stress it. So, no. you know what I mean? So it was, en- it was enough that if... You, so I suppose you... that's just inferral on our part. Yeah, I think it's more, it's more a reflection of us than of, mm. of, than of the moment itself. But, um, again... But you have you know, to admit, in this day and age, we're taught by the media and social oh, yes. media that you we constantly have to take things out of context to be thoroughly and appropriately offended, right? So, Oh, I would I mean, not have been at all been surprised. Reinforced. I would not have been at all surprised if some group... Because, again, I like that we're talking around the issue without addressing the issue. If some group had taken a still image from that segment, they could have then blown it up into something bigger. Right. And I appreciate the fact that, uh, as far as I know, that didn't happen. And I think the fact that there was so much darkness and shadow in the just the lighting and the camera work, it kind of helped in that sense. Yeah. You couldn't do that in a, you know, in Stephanie McMahon's office. That would not have worked nearly yeah. as well. No, you're right. With the lighting the way it was, you could barely tell yeah. that Bray Wyatt was wearing fur. Yeah. <laughs> but I was hoping that he just stared, stared, stared. If he wanted to spread, you know, lift the ashes and kind of drizzle them on his face and then just literally say, run. And that's all we got heading into WrestleMania was just that. But... That would be a severe separation from his character. Uh, I think I don't point... think that would be a severe separation from character. That would be an appropriate uh, intensification, uh, you know, an escalation of the situation. Showing yes, but like that would be super appropriate. Yes, but I'm going back to Bray Wyatt is a talker. He's always been a talker, and I fear he will always be a talker. But I fear that as well. I think after, you know, uh, he's been in WWE now for the length of time that I've been watching. And I came around when, you know, the network is now three years old and change. So he's been around for three years plus some before I started watching. So probably going on four years now, he is who he is. I don't think we're going to see a vast character shift as much as one might wish for one. Well, how long was The Undertaker around before his shift to the American Badass? Well, there were many iterations of The Undertaker in between that, but... Right, but not... But... Come on, coming back with gray gloves or purple gloves, it wasn't that big of a shift. No, but then he had the... You know, he came back with the teardrop, then there was the Ministry of Darkness Undertaker, which was a... But it was... You're right, it was five or six years, probably, because Ministry of Darkness Undertaker... He debuted in 1991, and the first time we saw him with the teardrop, which became more of the ministry look, was, if I'm my timing's right, Survivor Series 1996 against Mankind. Um, so that was five years. So I suppose there is, there is a time. I, I am hopeful. How long was Steve Austin a Hollywood blonde? In a different company? Again, three or four years. Probably the same thing, mm-hmm. 91 to... About 90, 96 was, I think, the birth of Stone Cold. So, again, four years or so. How long was he the ringmaster? Like five months. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But then, to be fair, Stone Cold Steve Austin was Stone Cold Steve Austin until he became Stone Cold Steve Austin, who sang about Jimmy Crack Corn and nobody cared. Like, At what point did he turn um, to the corporation? That was 96 to, that was probably around 2000, 2001. Again, that's where my memory starts to get fuzzy. I've got a pretty good grasp of the 90s, but it's it's around yeah. the 2000s that I start to lose it. But, 
So maybe there could still be a chance for Bray Wyatt to evolve. I, I enjoyed what I saw, but I was hoping for more. And I, the point we really need to come back to is that you got the promo down pretty good. Yeah! Take that. Um, you enjoy bad movies. Like, you enjoy a B-horror movie. You are the B-movie geek. That is your, that is your thing. Um, do you enjoy watching movies where for the entire length of the sh- movie they build to this one thing and it's kind of the common story thread that runs through the entire movie and then right at the very end when you're finally going to get this thing that was talked about for two hours or three hours depending on the length of the movie, it doesn't happen? Do you enjoy do- those sorts of movies? Well, I think it depends on how exactly the thing in question doesn't happen. If you're talking about, you know, a a premature ending to leave things implied or ambiguous, then yes, I'm a fan. If you're talking about a movie that, you know, has a killer twist that's building up one thing, but then suddenly there's a twist and, oh my god, it's been this other thing all along, then yes, sometimes that can work as well. Um, so let me But if more. it's something that they're building up a storyline in a particular way, um, there was a, I think it's a French horror film called High Tension, or Hot Tension, I think is in the original language, but it was released here as High Tension. And it tells the story of this woman who goes home with a friend of hers in the countryside um, and stays with the friend's family. And in the middle of the night, this man comes to the house. There's this unknown person, this unknown man, and slaughters them all, except, of course, for this woman. And the story is her running away from him and so on and so forth. And then finally, at the end of the film, it's revealed that... This man coming after her is a figment of her psychosis. And in fact, she is the one who has carried out all of these actions. Um, so spoiler alert for High Tension, a movie that came out you know, 15, 20 years ago. But either way, um, that movie I did not like. I thought that was terrible. They spent all this time, and they did a very good job of building up this classic sort of slasher-style style story, where legitimately it was a battle between two physical opponents. And... They did such a good job building that story in that film that I wanted to see the conclusion of that story. Mm-hmm. So when the twist came that it turned out, in fact, it was all in her head. And in fact, she had been the person who acted out all the things that we had seen th- this antagonist acting out in the film. It felt like a complete cop out to me. Um it just okay. I did not get to see the resolution of the story they spent an hour and a half telling in a very masterful way. And in fact, while you could say they were trying to be cerebral, they were trying to have one of those twists, I personally don't think it worked. And in fact, they denied me the conclusion of the story that I was up to that point enjoying. So I did not enjoy that. That's a specific example. So, so you also must then not have enjoyed Fight Club. No, Fight Club, I think, pulled it off fairly well. Um, but it's, I also that, but that, is, that is a similar story in that, well, spoiler, yeah, spoiler alert, Tyler Durden is, no, is not real. He is a personification, he is Edward Norton's split personality, and you realize at the very yeah, end of the movie. Well, they don't realize it just at the very end of the movie. You realize it well, well before the end of the movie, actually. It's part of the plot there. There's enough leading up to it that it's obvious that that is part of the plot. Like, that okay. is part of the story they are telling. Uh, I think it actually works very well in that film. I mean, I, even I just probably, something I, like... I agree, not having seen Hot Tension, and I'm guessing it was spelled H-A-U-T-E, which would be French for High Tension. Correct. Um, but, you know, I liked Fight Club fine, but you were describing it, and that was the first thing that popped into my head, is that's a similar kind of twist i just guess they performed it better in fight club than they did in this i mean you could even you could even point to something like the sixth sense right that was a twist yes they pulled the rug out from under you but at the same time the type of movie they were telling like that was a satisfying conclusion to that film um 
So again, it depends on how it's performed. So in terms of the question you asked me, again, it depends on execution. We're never doing a wrestling podcast again. I can just tell because, again, here we are. (laughs) We are taking every opportunity to – and again, we're comparing it. We're coming back to wrestling, but – I, I see the writing on the wall here, and I don't mind because it just... I don't it, even know what you were asking me about. I, I answered the question you asked me. Then let me paint you another picture. Um, let's say it's a movie where Freddy Krueger is training someone. Someone is working under Freddy Krueger. And Freddy Krueger says to this underling, um, I'm going to test you. You have to kill someone by the end of this movie. Here we are in... Elm, on Elm Street, you need to kill one of the residents of Elm Street by the end of this movie. And for the entire movie, this underling who I obviously. Why? Because you are making the comparison. Yes, I am. Where I just... Freddy Krueger is now being compared to Stephanie McMahon. Yes. And I don't care for this comparison at all. Would Freddy Krueger as Voorhees? a child Would you killer. Jason Voorhees. No, because I like him also. Would you prefer a, fr- you know, would you like me to make up some, you get the idea. We spent yeah. three hours, let's stop the analogy. We spent three hours waiting for Mick Foley to fire someone. And at the very end, all it was, was a plot device to set us up with Triple H and Seth Rollins, where all you needed to do was have Triple H come out and brag. And then Seth Rollins could have come out. Well, in all fairness, they also fired Mick Foley, right? Is that what happened? I will freely admit, I was so sick of that story. Like, you know, I'm actually everyone... not 100% sure if he actually got fired, but I I'm would assuming, presume so. I'm presuming we're going to get Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe for Mick Foley's job. That would, that would be my guess for WrestleMania. Is Who we're gonna wants get, to see that? Is we're going to get... So, well, there are lots of people. We are not two of them, but there are lots of people who are very excited for Finn Balor. That's not even what I was talking about. Who wants to see Mick Foley's GM position on a pole match at WrestleMania? Not me. No. I I was so, you know, when that when they when they did it at the beginning of the show, you have to fire somebody. Immediately everyone suspected. And I love Twitter because everyone gets the same idea at the same time and also thinks they're original. Mick Foley's going to fire himself. That's going to that's that's going to be what this builds up to. That's what he should have done. And I think I give them credit for trying to pull a swerve, but it just once I saw that it was going to be he like I think he said something I'm firing you Stephanie McMahon. I literally just muted my television. I was like I will get I will what, get See, okay. This falls under the category of unsatisfying conclusion because there was no way that in his mind, even, that that was going to work. You know what I mean? He was not going to go out there and say, I'm firing you, Stephanie. And Stephanie was going to go, oh, well, I guess I've been fired and walk away and let you continue being a nice GM. Like, that was never going to happen. So I'm confused in terms of what Mick Foley's game plan was with that answer to her question. In fact, I would dare say... In terms of writing, while, to your point, they didn't do what everybody suspected, uh, instead, they gave us an unearned conclusion that made zero logical sense. So, bravo, question mark? That's why I'm under the belief that this is going to lead to Mick Foley's contract in a ladder match or on a pole match or whatever, because it's going to be Stephanie and Triple H are so upset at Mick Foley for defying them that they want to fire him, but he'll pull out some fine print or something where, you know, they'll be, they'll be able to have a match for his job. And Samoa Joe doesn't have anything to do with her for WrestleMania, so this gives him something to do. Finn Balor is ready to come back. We've seen him wrestling at house shows, so he shows up. This is the worst booking in the world. Because, I mean, even if Mick Foley wins and he gets to keep his job, why? What, what is his character's motivation for keeping his job? 
He hates his job. He hates working with Stephanie. It's not like Stephanie is going to go away. I mean, Vince McMahon has put her in charge of Raw, Shane McMahon in charge of SmackDown. There is no outcome for that match where Mick Foley ends up on top. He just ends up in the exact same position he's currently in and hates. Like, that doesn't make sense to me either. Unless he had... unless It's his he, job versus hers? Or it's his, you know, he'd be... Yeah, essentially, he would become GM with more power he would become the commissioner but the problem is we know that he needs hip surgery we know that his time is up so even if we see samoa joe versus finn balor for mick foley's job we were the writing is pretty much on the wall that mick foley's out the door so why not and i know you know it was the it was the elephant in the room it was the obvious thing why not just fire himself wave to the crowd and be gone or why not you know if they want to pull a swerve fine i love him dearly but pretend to fire bo dallas right or curtis axel or name your jack swagger emma dana yeah that would work too any number of these people and page and you know yeah i it struck me as weird and then to move on to SmackDown, AJ Styles actually does get fired. Well. After, you know, throwing Shane McMahon's head through a car window. And at I approve the foresight on SmackDown Live's part. They must have cameras everywhere. Because there's a camera randomly in the back seat of some car. In the, they must have cameras in the men's room. It's like GTV. They've got cameras all over the place, and they're just waiting for opportunities to use them. So, the thing that I thought was strange about AJ Styles being fired, and yeah, I mean, you can just come back at me and say, well, he attacked Shane McMahon, who is the commissioner of SmackDown, not really an active member of the roster, and therefore what he did was uncalled for. But, I mean, this is a show where... Baron Corbin tried to kill Dean Ambrose by With par- a forklift. by parking a forklift on top of him. And furthermore, not only did Baron Corbin park a forklift on top of Dean Ambrose in an attempted murder, but Randy Orton is an arsonist on camera, filmed <laughs> like criminal activity in arsonist but we're gonna fire aj styles because he put shane's head through a window this would have been the worst story idea ever but imagine bray wyatt coming to the ring in a three-piece suit his hair done up in a respectable ponytail with his father formerly IRS, who we've now merged into some sort of lawyer because he's going to sue Randy Orton for arson. That's the character shift. He's got Bray Wyatt's got little kind of I'm not sure that arson is a civil matter. Like, it's criminal. Randy Orton should be arrested. He should not be out on bail. He should be, like, in jail awaiting trial. Yeah, but... Randy but Orton. we're going to fire AJ Styles for taking a guy who was on the active roster less than 12 months ago and getting physical with him? That's stupid and goofy. Like, that was an overreaction by Daniel Bryan, which well, also again, felt unearned. And again, of course, the writing will be on the wall here. Shane will overrule him. And say he is not fired, provided he wrestles me at I mean, I think you'll find if you really listen back to what he says, you're dang right, I'm going to fire you. He never actually fired AJ. And, yeah, a- and but, Shane doesn't actually need to address it, because all he said was, doesn't have a match with WrestleMania, well, he does now. So, no, I mean, they're, they're just they're skipping sticking, over that beat. They're sticking with the kayfabe. AJ Styles' WWE profile is on the alumni page. Oh, is it really? 
they are making it out to be he has been fired. Like, you can't find him on the SmackDown roster if you go look. Oh. I'm going to watch Impact Wrestling tonight. (laughs) On the off chance he comes home. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Again, I want them to defy the convention. I want them to give us things that we're not expecting. I would love for Stephanie McMahon to invite AJ Styles to Raw. Yeah. And be like, you've been fired from SmackDown. You are now the hottest free agent in the world. Come to Raw. What do you want? You want to wrestle, you know, Goldberg for the Universal title? We can find a way to make that happen. Do you want to wrestle, you know, Seth Rollins? Do you want to wrestle Roman Reigns? You've done it before. We'll make that happen. Like, they should be courting him. Because now he's got to, you know, even if Shane McMahon comes out and, you know, we get the match at Mania anyways, give us some, you know, make this feel somewhat real. Have, you know, have him reunited with uh, Gallows and Anderson. Like he's talking, but yes, I want to come back. This is where I want to be. And I don't know. I, I will say this, and this is not my promoting positivity, but I will say that WWE is doing a nice job of getting me hyped for WrestleMania, which on paper has looked good, but I have not been necessarily, you called it WrestleMania, and I was inclined to agree. But while it was campy and while it was illogical, seeing them, you know, seeing Shane get beat up, seeing Shane with the Ascension face paint on the side of his head, which I guess is supposed to look like blood, and then walking it off with Finley and Jamie Noble at his side or something. Like, I'm I'm kind of... I'm nice to see to Jamie it Noble. More. It was nice to see Jamie Noble. I'm, nice to see he's walking. Yes. So, I was happy. I was happy to see them both. Um, so, you know, I, I don't mind. I enjoy pointing out the logical inconsistencies within these things. And I did think that Ra kind of missed a bit of the mark on the story with the firing. However, Rollins lifting the crutch and dropping it was a pretty cool moment. The fact that he obviously is somewhat close to 100%. Enough so that I think this match is going to happen, Rollins versus Triple H. But again, now we get to a different point here, and that's we're now at around 15 matches. If, If we presume that Rollins versus Triple H takes place, and it might just be a segment, it might just be a fight, um, if we presume there's going to be something with Samoa Joe and Finn Balor, which I suppose is a reach on my part. What if they which... said WrestleMania is going to start at 5 p.m.? I would be all for it. A pre-show is starting at 2. I... First of all, and I was thinking about this earlier, watching 205 Live and watching the Fatal Five Way, which apparently is 205 Live's thing now, is they're going to just do... Five-way matches. Um, You know, one of the big things of WrestleMania weekend is having all of these independent promotions do shows in the Orlando area to try to get wrestling fans who are going to WrestleMania to come see their shows too. Why isn't WWE doing some sort of 205 Live slash WWE UK cross-promotional show? Why isn't WWE trying to run wrestling shows as often as possible during WrestleMania weekend. Is it just a logistics thing? Is it, you know, why not try to take advantage of the opportunity? If I have a chance to go see whether it's progress or whatever, or go see a WWE subsidiary show, I'm going to be more inclined me personally. And a lot of casual fans are going to be more inclined to go see the WWE show. True. So, and again, this comes back to that whole idea. I think you brought it up, but I know people have talked about it. Are we going to eventually see a world in which SmackDown and Raw each have their own WrestleMania? I sure hope not. But yeah, I think it probably just comes down to logistics, to be honest. You have your biggest show of the year on Sunday night. You want to have... want to spread yourself too thin. Right. You want all hands on deck to make sure I that... I think that's fair. That goes off without a hitch. That's, that's, that is sound logic from the... No, you don't want to be the Sultan. The Swami of the Sweet Science, yeah. Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. Um, anything else from Raw and or SmackDown that has uh, captured your interest or your attention? Um, 
we I saw American like... Alpha. They're still tag team champions. Oh, yeah. They haven't been on TV in a while, but they're there. Those part-timers. Here they are. Um, uh, Austin Aries. We're going to wrestle. Are you excited for the main event of WrestleMania 34? Which one? Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar? No, no, no. 34. Oh. Roman Reigns versus uh, Brock Lesnar? Yeah. I'll, be- I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, it sounds like the obvious choice. But I'll believe it when I see it. Plus, you know, I'm sure if we could go back in time a year, the idea they had for the main event of WrestleMania 33 was not what we have now. You know what I mean? So many, there's so many different variables. I don't trust much in terms of the advanced booking. We can presume since WrestleMania 34 seems to be Brock Lesnar's last scheduled date. Yeah, he'll lose to somebody. But it could be Kevin Owens, it could be Roman Reigns, it could be Seth Rollins, it could be John Cena, could be Shinsuke, could be, Cash- could be Cassius Ono. Oh no! Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right. No, I guess I'm all set with. Uh, well, then, I, can I can I can I tell you? I very much appreciate the fact that you are doing this show because Lucha Underground is here. Like, yes, I is. saw it on... I didn't watch any of the episodes. But I, I did. Saw, I, I went and saw the graphics. Where are you? Are you done? Did you finish season one and season two already? Have you slept? Did you take today off? I, I wanted to, um, but Mrs. Manson is a grade A party pooper. Um, she refused. She, yeah, well, she's, she's, it's her busy time of the year, so I actually can't really blame her. But, yeah, we, we watched three episodes last night, and I'm going to give you a little preview of my... Uh, my piece of positivity because I, I realized this last night. Not only is Lucha Underground on Netflix, but in having now watched the first three episodes, the most glorious part of it all is watching Lucha Underground with no commercial breaks. Oh. So nice. Okay. Do you want to just so get our nice. do you want to get our pieces of positivity out now? We don't have to end the show with them. If you want, I mean, legitimately, that's fine. I have a really random piece of positivity for you, and it's going to come from an unlike. It's it's going my piece of positivity since we're on the subject. Um, is Jinder Mahal? What? I know, but I'm trying to think. You know, I DC. Are you? Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling great. I'm a little tired. Have you been drinking? Uh, only high quality H2O. Have you had any falls? Did you hit your head upon a hard surface? No. Let me give you a reason why. And what I'm saying here is when Jinder Mahal was hired, the presumption was, okay, WWE needed jobbers, so they hired him as organizational depth to serve as a jobber. And by and large, that's exactly what has happened. However, not only... Have they given him a chance to talk? But his match with Roman Reigns, he actually got in a decent amount of offense. And I don't care that it was because of the gong and the distraction. Like, Jinder Mahal... That drop kick to the face. It was good. Jinder Mahal has looked like a serviceable wrestler. And it's not just because it looks like he's hulked up and just, you know... No one's told anybody. Uh, he looks like a serviceable wrestler. And the fact, this is why Monday Night Raw, this is why there are some bright spots to Monday Night Raw. Because Kurt Hawkins is a complete afterthought. He's not doing anything. Heath Slater and Rhino are the entire SmackDown tag division. They're not doing anything with because they don't have time. They actually have, on Raw, you have three hours. So you can take five minutes and do one or two things to make Jinder Mahal not terrible. I'd like and to I point out that. that if you gave SmackDown a third hour, they could have a tag team division that meant something. Yes. And I do think they'd be able to keep up the quality of the writing. Unlike Raw. I'm not saying that Raw is perfect. Far from it. I just spent a whole bunch of time railing 
against the major storyline. And I'm not saying SmackDown is perfect. I just spent a long time railing against what they're doing over there as well. I don't like Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. I don't care for what's going on with Dean Ambrose versus um, uh, Baron Corbin. And I don't care for AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Like, all three of those major storylines have had some poor storytelling. I'm fine with Ambrose and Corbin. I think, you know, I'm it was fine interesting with it, that... But I thought the forklift was, was completely unnecessary. It was interesting that neither of them, to the best of my knowledge, were on SmackDown. Um, Corbin was backstage. He had okay. an interview. All right. But Ambrose wasn't, and I guess they're selling the forklift injury. Um, it was right mm-hmm. after they fired AJ. It went over to what Charlie or whoever was backstage. Can I have a word with you, Baron? And it was just like, it just that's where my mind went to that. I was just like, let me get this straight. We You're just watched AJ this. Styles get fired. Now let's hear from Baron Corbin. And let's hear from Baron Corbin about parking a forklift on a guy. He's just at catering. He's just getting some soup today. Baron Corbin, perfectly fine. AJ, though, will fire him. See, this is why I miss the big boss man. Because big boss man could come to SmackDown and try to get some law and order. Yeah. And he could be getting these people serving hard time. That's what we need. That is what we need. All right. Um, so you've enjoyed Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground without commercials. I could imagine being excellent. Have you? I mean, um, you've seen the beginning of season one. I've seen all of season one. Yeah, I've seen all of season one and half of season two. However, I will say I am not. I, I'm not. I chose yesterday to continue watching random shows on WWE Network than rather than watch. Lucha Underground. There's nothing that I'm desperate to see on Lucha Underground again. Some of the matches were good, but I, you know, I know that Jason Maltov at one point, um, mistakenly, no fault of his own, but mistakenly said that you know I originally had problems with Lucha Underground, but now it's my favorite promotion. I think he kind of got the two of us mixed up there a little bit, in that, you know, I I did you know give it a whirl, but it's nowhere near my favorite promotion. But it's good, and but I am more excited for Iron Fist, which I think comes out tomorrow. And the the common opinion is that Iron Fist is going to stink. Yeah, the trailer doesn't which look I'm, that good either. Which I'm disappointed by, but I'm still going to try to watch it. I might not last that long, but I, just, I have I have enjoyed I have enjoyed almost all of the other Marvel Netflix shows. So I haven't really watched any of them. I watched Dare- season one of Daredevil. It was good. I watched about three seasons of season two and just completely fell off. Season one was better than season two. Luke Cage, to me, is the best of the bunch. Luke Didn't Cage watch was, it. Luke Cage was great. It, for me, it would go uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil season one, and then Daredevil season two and Jessica Jones. No interest. is a toss-up. If you like villains that eat the scenery, if I, you like those kind of I do, but people. I don't like villains with the powers that they have in Jessica Jones. Okay. I just no no interest to me. Okay. You're not interested in Purple Man? No. Okay. I'm not interested in the Defenders. I'm not in I mean, Iron Fist could be good, but yeah, it sounds like it's terrible. I mean, I will say of the other shows, like that was the one that was closest to making me maybe want to watch it, but all the reviews are not helping things. The trailer made it look like, hey, did you like Arrow? Well, here's Arrow all it. over again without a bow and arrow. That sounds that's all right to much, me. That's because I've that's always thought the bow it. and arrow was pretty stupid. Uh, we have a couple of emails. Should we tease? The the email that is for DC and Doc Talk, we shouldn't discuss it, but should we at least let people know what the what part of the conversation will be on this week's DC and Doc Talk, or do you want to just leave it alone? Because we I'll heard read today. The email. I'll read All the right. email. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. And uh, this is for uh, uh, Jason from, from, from Boston. I don't know any Jasons from the Boston area. I know one, but I don't think he'd be emailing us. Strange. Hey guys, long time listener, first time time traveler. Love the discussion about Batman versus Superman last week, and I also have strong opinions on the Dark Knight series. But I'd love to know, 
in your opinion, from DC and Marvel, who is the best hero or villain that hasn't been represented on screen yet? Thanks, Jason from Boston. All right. Well, you can find Jason. I believe he is at New Age Insiders. So you can uh, never heard of that. You can talk. You can talk to him. We will discuss that. I'm going to have to do some serious thinking here uh, because, you know, a lot of heroes and villains have been represented on screen. So it's going to take a, a sort of outside the box pick here. Oh, delivery, delivery. I immediately have mine. Okay. I mean, you'll probably tell me that it doesn't count, but I think it totally counts. That's fine. What are you eating? Let's let's start there. Chicken Miss- and uh, egg noodles. Those are shells. shells. Yeah, whatever. Egg You're right. Noodles. Egg noodles are those wavy things. Yeah. Shells. Mrs. Manson and I got it. Stop showing me the shells, man. I'm trying to cut down on my carbs. Hmm, that's unfortunate. I had a taco salad for dinner tonight. Without the carbs. Well, without like tortilla or That's a pretty like important that. component of a taco salad. It's taco meat over vegetables, lettuce and cucumbers. That was our my taco salad. Uh without it's, a tortilla, I don't think it's a taco. Okay. Then I otherwise it's just sal- ground beef. That's a ground beef salad. Then I had a, gra- a Mexican ground beef salad. Yeah, I mean I maybe a Mexican salad. I'm I would accept that. Okay. Without the shell. And what's a taco without a shell? He's looking at Mrs. Manson. I was waiting for her to come in and try to off chime in here. Do, do you tell her not to speak when she comes in? No, or does I she don't. Just not... No. She can speak if she wants. Okay. But seriously, if I gave you a taco and it was, you know, a shell, ground beef, lettuce, tomato, sour cream, some cheese... Like, that's a taco, right? I would tell you that I don't like sour cream or tomatoes. Well, that's fine. But in theory, that's a taco. Now, if I take those ingredients and I take away the shell, I give you a plate. And it's got ground beef on it, lettuce, tomato, sour cream, and some cheese. What is that? It's not a taco. I would call it a taco salad. I would call that, like, a Mexican dip, perhaps. Like, if you gave me... Some Tostitos on the side. I, I might call that some sort of dip, or I might call okay, it so toppings if, so, for nachos. So what if I had what if I had a ground beef salad like this, but I was eating it with Tostitos? Doesn't that thereby make it a taco salad? Because then yes. there's the tortilla component. Sure. Okay. But without that component, I don't think it qualifies as a taco. Come to come to DDT Wrestling, where we will define we defined a salad recently uh now we're defining a taco uh, hey man if anybody disagrees with me on the definition of a taco i invite them to write in to ddt wrestling at gmail.com are we going to get into other mexican foods the difference between a burrito and an enchilada and what is the difference between a burrito and an enchilada I is it just enchil- size i be- i i well I think it's size, and then I also think it's covered in a sauce. Like the enchiladas we get at the local Mexican place that I think you and I would go to if we were going for Mexican food. Um, I wouldn't go there. Oh. Their Mexican okay. food is terrible. Okay. But they, the place yeah. near you the place near you that has Mexican food, I'm pretty sure an enchilada there is a burrito no, that actually, has a enchilada and- sauce it is a thing in and of itself. Yes. So therefore, it, it must is, be the sauce that makes it an enchilada. It is bathed in a red or green chili sauce, which then I believe makes it an enchilada. I accept that definition. Thank you. And you're talking to a former Taco Bell employee. I know the difference between, you know, I can tell you the difference between a chalupa and a gordita. Well, so can I. And I never worked there. Oh, man. I used to make great chalupas. You probably don't eat Taco Bell anymore. Uh, no, but it's not because I've worked there, so I've seen the no. way, you know. No, it's You more used of, to claim that you wouldn't eat there because you worked there. I would. I would eat certain things. I would, you know what I mean? Like, I would, mm. because again, inside, inside Taco Bell here, I don't think they're going to, but all of the meat comes in bags. And so, unless they've changed things and the. 15 years or so it's been since I've worked. Is she just waiting for you to, like, approve the food? Is that what she's doing? 
No, no, she 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 came back with some water because she's the best. The Happy best. Happy belated birthday to Mrs. Matthews, by the way. Her birthday was yesterday. Hey, hey, how did I get to be so lucky? Just let me know when she leaves the room, all right, so we can go back to talking about Taco Bell. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Taco right. Bell. She's Back gone. Up. We can tell. We are both very lucky. We are both very fortunate. Even if we did not get pizza after DC and Doc Talk, we discussed getting pizza, and there was no pizza to be had. Are you allowed to eat this thing? It's not can my fault. You, is this, are you allowed to eat chicken skin? I know you have a very specific diet. Okay. Is Technically there skin no. on there, or is it skinless drumsticks? Mm, a little bit, but not much. There's a little bit of skin, skin, but it's not bad. The drumstick for you. Typically not the drumstick, but she would like off of okay thighs or things like that. You are very fortunate. Does she cut your your meat up into small bite sized pieces before you eat it? In fact, she um chews it and regurgitates it into my mouth. All right, um, Taco Bell. They ha- they have these things in bags, and if they still do it the same way, there's some boiling water and you lower this frozen bag of pre-cooked obviously meat into the boiling water so that it then heats up and then when you are ready you slice the top of the bag and then scoop out the meat for whatever meal you are making so you know it was a weird thing having never worked in fast food before that was a weird way of cooking maybe it's how things are done all over the place but you know it, there are certain things, again, I, I would eat a steak chalupa, a little steak, some three cheese blend, a little bit of lettuce. Not a bad, not a bad meal, even if. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of gorditas. Uh, I'm a big fan of the cheesy gordita crunch. Uh, I'm a big fan of that sauce that comes on the chicken quesadilla. How often would you say you eat Taco Bell in your day to day life? I would say I eat Taco Bell two or three times a year. I don't know that I've had Taco Bell. It's probably been five or six years since I've had it. But I'm not I'm not super opposed to it. But if I'm going out and I get to choose where I eat, that's not going to be among my top choices. I will say that. I love Taco Bell. I love McDonald's. I love Burger King. I love all manner of fast food. It's Wendy's. delicious. Yeah, not at the top of my list, but I will eat a bacon fried chicken. Not, again, a place that I would think to stop, but when GQ brings a bucket of chicken, I am going to eat a bucket of chicken. Uh, five guys. Oh, nope. Um, Five Guys is not really fast food, um, but it's delicious. Right. Yes, just just trying to get a read. I, on I, I I definitely don't think that fat. I don't think Five Guys is fast food. Why not? Because it's not fast. So the fact that you have to wait six minutes instead of three minutes for your food. Well, yeah, because they're actually cooking your food. Like, they have a raw hamburger patty, they throw in a grill, and they cook it, as opposed to most fast food places that just sort of take pre-cooked meat and heat it up. Okay. Fair enough. I was going to ask a different... I can't remember what the question was. Oh, I was going to harken back to days where one DC Matthews and one Doc Manson shared a domicile, and we would go and spend... 10 or 12 or sometimes even $20 at McDonald's just on sandwiches. Mm. Hi, can we get two double cheeseburgers, three chicken sandwiches, and two filet fish I would just get double cheeseburgers and uh, McChicken sandwiches. I thought, we got, I thought you got, because I was certainly not going to eat the fish sandwich. I assume that's what you got, but maybe we just got a bunch of double cheeseburgers and chicken sandwiches. Yeah, that was that was All always right. my order. Well, then I got it wrong. My memory is a little hazy in my old age. I don't think I could eat. I really think back in the day, like an order off the dollar menu 
would be like three double cheeseburgers yes. and two McChickens. Yes. Like, I don't think I could eat that meal anymore. I don't think we're supposed to be able to. What you eat in your 20s, and in our case, our early 20s, is different than what you were supposed to eat in our now rapidly approaching mid-30s. Yeah. But anyways, ddtwrestling yeah. at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite fast food and what you enjoy eating. Uh, we have another email. We're obviously done talking about wrestling. We have another email. This email happens to be about wrestling. Hello, gentlemen. My question is not a question. Well, I'll just stop reading there then. It is more so a request. My question is not a question, but more so a request. Below is a link to an Io Shirei match who is currently receiving a WWE tryout. I'd like for you two to watch her match and tell me in five words from your perspective what she can bring to the WWE. Your pal, Civil Fandom. And thank you, Civil Fandom. I believe that is at Analyzer34. Sounds about right. Um, did you watch? I got five words. Did you watch the 44-minute match he sent us? Okay. No. I clicked on the link. I, I did watch about 30 seconds, and then I skipped ahead five minutes, and I saw nothing was happening, and I skipped ahead another five minutes, another five minutes. And the match finally started somewhere around 20 minutes in. And so then I watched about five minutes of the match, and I would have watched more, except you said you were ready to pod. Um, so I did watch a little bit of it. And as such, I consider myself an expert on Io Shirei, and I have five words from my perspective, on what she can bring to Go the ahead. WWE. Io is competition for Asuka. My five words would be <clears throat> more elite female wrestling talent. That's what she can bring. And that's what the women's division needs right now. The women's division needs what uh, WWE is currently having where they need guys like Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and now Bobby Roode and Cassius Ohno. They need all of these guys who oh, no! who were elite on the independents or internationally uh, to come be elite for them. You have Asuka, but all of the other ones, you know, Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, they're all home, you know, they're all either homegrown talent or they were not big names before coming to WWE. Asuka was a big name. Io Shirei, if that is... If she does get a tryout... If that is your real if name. If she does get a tryout, and I, I guess she did, but then they took it down, so I don't know what the status of that is. Uh, she's going to be elite talent. That's what you need. You need the talents of the world like Tessa Blanchard, Santana Garrett, Rachel Ellering, all of these names, uh, Candice LeRae especially, who are famous professional wrestlers without being involved in WWE, they need them to now come to WWE. So, IO provides more elite female wrestling talent. And, as you said, competition for Asuka. So. That's really all we need. Because Asuka's going to wrestle Ember Moon at TakeOver Orlando. That's, they've now, they've now gotten to that. Um, they build to they built to that with no build whatsoever. Yeah. Well, they built to it with a couple of great lunar puns by Ember Moon. That's a new side of her character because her career is about to enter a different phase. Phase. She will eclipse Asuka and show her her great the WWE lunar verse, her talent. Tides will rise and fall. Asuka's time is waning, whereas Ember Moon's time is waxing. Waxing's the good one, right? Are you just done? I'm, I'm just going to sit back and let you go. I'm just going to let you go. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, and I think we're done. Um, we've said our piece of positivity. I want to let you go and watch some more Lucha Underground before you have to turn in for the evening. Is there anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head off into that good night? Follow me on Twitter. 
at Doc Manson. Follow me on Facebook. Look up Doc Manson. Follow DDT Wrestling also on Facebook. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash New Age Insiders and find our sweet, sweet merch, including t-shirts, not only for our show, but the other fine shows on the NAI Network. When do we get the Dockside t-shirt? Follow, follow DDT Poll on Twitter. Thank you. Yes. Is that a thing still? It is a thing still. I haven't posted a poll in a while, but perhaps I will. I've got too many irons in the fire. That's my problem. I dive headfirst into things and then never have the stamina uh, to, to see them through till the end. Go to www.ddtpod.com. Go to iTunes or your podcast directory of choice, but preferably iTunes, and leave us a review. I demand five stars. I agree. I also demand five stars. Uh, and let's see. Uh, what else? Uh, demand. Tweet at New Age Insiders. Tweet at Liam NAI. Tweet at Bill Neville NAI. And let them know that you demand a Dockside t-shirt. Dem- you know, demand some more DDT wrestling merch. Because we've got ideas. We just need the ability to... What if... What if we opened our own t-shirt store? We could do that. Pretty sure Rant with Ant has his own store. He sells beer cozies. Ooh. I love a good koozie. Is it koozie or cozy? I don't know. But I like saying koozie. All right. Uh, you know, Rant with Ant, you can buy his merchandise. You can buy the Rant with Ant shirt where he and G-Rod are the outsiders. And um, I think, I don't know if Bakul and company has merchandise but you know we could open up our own establishment and set pe- peddle our wares if you will i would like a ddt lord knows i have enough t-shirt designs i want a ddt wrestling bumper sticker um i want ddt wrestling coffee mugs i want uh ddt wrestling uh, uh ddt wrestling the breakfast cereal <laughs> ddt wrestling the lunchbox ddt wrestling the talking doll merchandise this one's my favorite Merchandising, DDT merchandising. Wrestling, the flamethrower. The kids love it. May the yeah. Schwartz be with you. Yeah. He's Doc Manson. At Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. And until we meet again, my friends, may the Schwartz be with you. And we will see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>